So we're going to open up the floor for questions. We're going to go deep right, Spencer Holbrook, letter in row. Right, when you look back at the film in partially mind range, does it make it a little easier to, to make sure to pace the way the Tribune comes back and make sure he's pretty ready to go with the kind of guy Um... You know, watching the watching the film, he was our player of the game on on offense. Um, I thought he ran hard. A big part of it, obviously, we know is, is everybody else involved with it. But um, you know, he he ran really well. But no, I, I think uh, at the end of the day, you know, we leave all that stuff up to the medical uh, staff here to make those decisions. And certainly, we're anxious to get Trey back. Do you feel like, do you feel like the, it could be this week for Trayvon? Yeah, week? yeah. We're gonna go over here to the front row left, Dave Biddle. 24-7 sports. Ryan, you mentioned a few weeks ago that the injury that Jordan Hancock suffered during camp yeah. was a significant injury. Yeah. And is he back to practicing full speed yet? And um, when do you expect him back? Yeah, he, uh, full speed, yes. Um, but we're going to kind of look to see if we can get, um, you know, through the bye week. And then as as we get, um, you know, to that, that game after the bye week, you know, we're hoping to get him back in the game at that point. But um, it's still sort of week to week at this point. Tommy's obviously Tommy has obviously locked down the middle linebacker job and has played well all year. Yeah. Does it seem like Steele is now doing that at the will? I think so. You know, based in his production in the last couple of games, but um, you know, it's week to week. But you know, I think based on the way he's playing right now, um, if he can keep that up, he's playing at a high level. Uh, third row left, Dan Hope, left the Warriors. Ryan, you know, when, when you guys signed Mayan, he wasn't as highly touted as some of the other you know, running backs from a recruiting perspective that you guys have signed. What was it about Mayan that you saw that made you believe he could be this kind of player? Yeah, um, uh, you know, Tony watched them run. Kevin Wilson actually saw him play live in a game, um, and we, we just felt like he just ran really hard. And um, like you said, you know, maybe he wasn't as highly recruited, but um, – you know, we just felt like we saw some something in you know a uh, kid from Cincinnati who ran hard. You know, Winwood's a very um, you know uh, they have a great winning tradition. They're a great program. They produce really good football players. And uh, again, being from Ohio uh, means a lot. And so you know we wanted to always invest in Ohio guys. And so we certainly saw the talent in him. But it was mostly just the way that he was built, low to the ground, his vision, his power running the ball. And, you know, stats for red zone on Saturday. I think you guys had nine passing plays and nine running plays inside the 10-yard line. Just curious, like, what goes into uh, those decisions of when to pass, when to run in that area of the field? Uh, you know, it, it, it's a lot of work on Wednesdays. Wednesdays are very stressful from when we get in here to when we get on the field, um, just with everything going on with game planning, but making decisions on short yardage goal line, third down in the red zone. And... Um, you know, there's sometimes very heated discussions in there because we know how important the red zone is, how important short yardage is, how important third down is. And so uh, we talk it through and then we put it on the field, try to make some corrections on Thursday. And then, you know, keep having those conversations all the way up until game time. Like, what do we think? Balls on the left hash, eight yard line, first and 10, second, you know, whatever those things are. And then uh, and then based on what's happening, we try to adapt the best we can. Um, we had a lot of plays in the red zone this past week. So we had to kind of um, dig into a couple plays that maybe we hadn't practiced, um, you know, in a week or so, but the guys executed them well and, and did a good job. Uh, middle, Andy Andrews, BSB. Uh, yes, Ryan, I kind of wanted to get your perspective looking back on just how important uh, CJ Hicks's role as a pure recruiter was in that class. Yeah, um, excellent. You know, you always look for that Pied Piper in the recruiting class that can kind of show, um, you know, show the way and, and lead the way. And well, we have a couple of those guys in the class right now. Uh, but he was, and um, you know, you think back 
you know, Paris Johnson, Jack Sawyer, Kyle McCord. Um, we've had different guys over the years who have done a great job of that. You know, I think about how our receivers really helped recruit CJ. Um, and so that was a big deal, but, um, let's talk about CJ Stroud, but CJ Hicks in, in his class was excellent and did a great job. And right in front of him, Tony Gerben, Buckeye Huddle. Right about Mayan. What you saw him on film, but what, what, what was it about him meeting him, talking to him as a person, as a kid, that you liked him as a recruit? Uh, he, he, he's, uh, he, he's an interesting person. Um, you know, he really, um, you know, has a way about him where he's very thoughtful. Um, and at times can be uh, understated a little bit, but then there's other times where he's in front of the group and telling jokes and laughing and being loud. So uh, we've seen kind of different parts of his personality bloom here. Um, you know, I give mine a lot of credit. He's been through some different different things over the last you know year or so. You know, lost some people in his life, but he's continued to work through that as a first time. So to see him play like the way he's playing right now, going through everything he went through, and that's not something he typically puts out there, but he has been through a lot. And, um, you know, it's not easy, easy for these guys when they go through different things. And I give him credit for that. And I know the guys around him and his friends have pulled for him and helped him through that. How have you seen him grow or, or maybe shrink as a player uh, from his <laughs> high school days? Yeah. Um, I think just the overall awareness of what it takes to be a college football player. When he first got here, you could see in that first – Clemson game, you know, I mean, he could see the ability, you could see the feet, you could see the quickness and the vision. Um, I, I think, you know, when you make that transition from high school to college, you think you can bounce everything and outrun everybody. And he's really learned to make those ugly three and four yard gains, you know, five and six, and the big plays come. And uh, I think his vision has really improved. I think his pass protection's improved. Uh, just overall awareness of the game and football IQ. Right behind him, uh, Pat Murphy, 24-7 sports. Ryan Steele obviously did enough last year to, to work his way into a starting role and, and whatnot, but obviously another year in this, as a linebacker, how have you seen him kind of become a real linebacker as opposed to a, a guy still transitioning? Yeah, just playing more and understanding what it takes to be a, a linebacker. You know, there's just different things, whether it's in protection or attacking protection on blitzes, whether it's in coverage, whether it's in the run game, whether it's out in space, in the box. There's just so many different things you have to do. You got to take on linemen. You got to go cover linebacker, uh, cover uh, tight ends, running backs. You got to zone drop, read the quarterback's eyes. You got to read screen. I mean, there's just so many different job descriptions for a linebacker. And the more he's done them, the better he's been. And I know you guys have now done that with Chip as well. And you've talked about why that position can be one that can flip sides. But how difficult is it for a guy to, you know, right before a season or in an off season, to, to make that kind of transition? I think it's a challenge, but I also think that both of those guys played in high school. Uh, so it's not like it's they just started playing in, out of nowhere. Um, but when you see guys who are very athletic, who have the ability to cover guys down the field, cover ground, speed, power, explosiveness, change of direction, you know, those are the skills that you look for in a linebacker. And, um, and so, you know, some guys want to really try running back first to see if that's what works for them. And a lot of them, it does. Uh, but that's that's a, that's something that's happened over the years in football. The, it, it's pretty natural for linebackers to make the transition over to linebacker. Um, but I do think, yeah, when you're talking about college football, it does take some time and takes a little bit of adjusting, which you know gives Steel credit and, and Chip. They, you know they're they're making that transition quickly. Uh, second row right, Bill Landis, Rivals. Ryan, um, <clears throat> when, when you have a player like Jackson returning and you're sort of formulating your plan for the season. How much of your playbook are Jackson plays, like stuff you draw specifically for him? A lot. And I figured <laughs> when you when you don't have access to that, does it force you to accentuate different things within the offense? And how has that process been so far? Yeah, 100%. I think you hit it right on the head. Um, 
And I think when we talk that, you know, in here we always say, you know, one of the strengths of college coaching is being able to adapt to what you have. And I think that's what you've seen here, you know, and that had to kind of happen in game when we were in the Notre Dame game. It kind of caught us all off guard. Uh, and then we've had to do that here over the next couple of weeks and uh, looking forward to getting Jackson back and getting him going and uh, certainly brings a whole other element to our entire offense. But I guess it's been a, a silver lining here is that we've had to, um, like you said, it, you know, kind of go down the road of some different packages and, um, and you can see that, you know, those guys have embraced it and, um, you know, you got to credit our, our staff and our kids for really embracing it and putting it on the field because it wasn't something that we spent a ton of time in on the offseason, but some, you know, but now it's on the field. It's one thing to practice, it's another thing to, to put it on the field and be successful. So uh, we think that it gives us some versatility in our offense as well. Have you, I guess, learned anything about your offense sort of along that journey in terms of things that maybe are, are strengths that you weren't anticipating coming into the year? I just think um, certainly the tight end play between Cade uh, Mitch, you know, G, those guys have been co solid contributors for us. And, and then also just, you know, the young receivers, I think, um, you'll see in the way that the, the offensive line has handled some of the run game and the way the running backs are running. Um, I think when you add all that stuff together, um, you're seeing progress there again, nowhere we need to be. And as we continue to get challenged more and more, we'll, we'll see where, where the, um, the adjustments need to be made. But, um, I think that's something that, you know, we've looked at here in the first five games and seen some progress. And just one last thing, when you have a quarterback who's a Heisman Trophy candidate and you know how important cumulative stats are to that award, you're in a game that is clearly trending in your favor. Is any part of your decision-making calling plays, let me see if I can steal a touchdown for CJ here, rather than maybe calling things within whatever the flow of the game will be at that point? Yeah, I mean, you, you can't you can't go down that road, um, although you, know, you understand that that's, that is part of the world we live in right now. But I think what CJ would tell you is that, you know, all he wants to do is win. You know, he doesn't, he's not looking for individual awards. And uh, he was the happiest guy on Saturday. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of holding calls. There's a lot of things that, you know, just happened. And, you know, he would look at you and say, well, we scored seven touchdowns in our first nine possessions. You know, if someone said that to you, that's a pretty good day. And we're all looking around after the game going, well, I guess we got to get better in these areas. It was a clunky day. It's like, whoa, we'll get a, get a grip on things a little bit. And uh, so I, I think he would tell you that. And, um, you know, we have to just take what the defense is giving us and we have to look for that balance. And and that's the most important thing. And all the other things will take care of itself in the end. Over to the right, Dom Tiberi, WBNS 10 TV. Coach, first road trip of the season. Mm -hmm. What kind of concerns and, and how does uh, it change for you guys? Yeah, um, going on the road, uh, tough, tough place to play. Uh, certainly a great stadium and great environment. And, um, you know, it's going to be hard to win up there. It, it always is. And, um, you know, this is the first time we're going on a road. So, uh, new challenge for us, um, new test. Um, and, you know, it's been unique that we we're into week six here and haven't played a game on a road. Uh, it's been great, but we got into a good rhythm. But now we got to go get our first conference road game. You got these guys pretty good down here last year. It was a top 10 matchup and all that. What, what do you expect this time? And, and what do you see when you look at them? The same thing. Um, you know, they've had a couple injuries here and there, but they're still uh, very much the same team they were last year. A lot of those guys are back, so um, I know they've lost a couple games here, but we're, we're expecting a top-10 team. We go up to East Lansing, uh, well-coached, really good players. Um, they had an excellent season last year, and those guys are still there. So um, it's going to be hard, just like it always is, and, and we know that uh, you know, we've got our hands full this week. So we've got to have a really good Tuesday and Wednesday practice to go on the road and go get this win. Right behind Dom, the new kid on the block, Kelly Stitz, WSYX. 
Hey, Coach Day. What challenges can Michigan State's defensive front present, especially with Jacoby Windham coming off the edge? Yeah, um, you know, they, they've done a good job last year and they do a good job this year of trying to create, um, you know, chaos in the backfield. Um, you know, they've they've upgraded in certain areas with um, some new players in, in the front. And so um, just like any team we play in any conference game, we've got to win a line of scrimmage and, and that'll be um, that'll be important on both sides of the ball. But uh, we know what they're capable of and they're very talented. And right behind Adam King, WBNS NPD. Coach, you guys have had to win a lot of different ways on offense this season. Have you had a time in your career where you've had to kind of change your game plan this much and how much do you think you've learned just from the first five games and having to do that um i mean we've learned a lot about our team i think um and, and where we're going but um this is still just the beginning we've got a long way to go um and i think you know we, we all understand what needs to be done this season um and i think we have a better idea of what we have than we did five weeks ago first going into that notre dame game um and uh, yeah, I think every year you learn more about your team. You learn more about, you know, what you need to do to win. Um, but it's not magic. It's fundamentals. It's taking care of the football. It's tackling well. It's winning the line of scrimmage. I mean, I, I say that every week, but it's true. I say to the guys, you might get bored of me saying it, but it's that's the discipline of bringing it every week. Is you got to do the same thing every week. And sure, it gets gets old to hear, but it's the truth. And the great ones can do it every week and can bring it every week and don't get tired of the basics, and the fundamentals. You said on Saturday that it wasn't style points, but you guys won 49 to 10. How almost tiring does it get that Ohio State has to win 100 to nothing every week? And how hard is it to walk in a locker room and say, like you said, it's clunky, even though you guys just dominated a Big Ten opponent? Yeah, well, um, I was walking into the Blackwell and someone grabbed me and just said, Coach, good luck in the game today. 63 nothing, right? I said, okay. Oh. He's, okay. I'm going to start off by trying to get the first verse down, but um, it's um, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, and I think it's um, the pride everybody has in our program. I think it's the hard work of so many people here that the expectations are so high, and that comes with the job, and um, that's a good thing. We look at it like it's a good thing, you know, that people expect us to win at a certain level, and, you know, if we score seven touchdowns in our first nine possessions and we're talking about how things were a little clunky, then – that's a good thing because we're, we're holding ourselves to a very high standard. And I, I embrace that. And we embrace that. We love that. And that's what makes us good is we didn't come to Ohio State to be average. You want to be great. And so um, that's the way we take it. Right across the aisle, Dylan Davis. Dylan, where is that? Ferris Johnson obviously came into the season with a lot of expectations, a lot of uh, uh, hype, if you will. Um, seems like he's even exceeded that this year what he's played so far. What are your thoughts on Ferris? Yeah, I, I think making the transition to tackle, he's done a good job. He's got some bigger challenges coming. But, he, you know, he's made some progress for sure. I think all the guys up front have. Um, you know, again, as, as we continue to build throughout the season, we'll start to see more and more growth uh, for all those guys. Um, I think you're seeing that across the board with the guys up front. Uh, still a lot to work on, though. Uh, but there's been bright bright spots. There's been flashes. There's been good play uh, in the run game and in the pass game. Um, but still a lot of things we want to continue to clean up. But you're right. I mean, for first time starting a tackle, there's been some good play. Defensively, um, you know, where you were at last year compared to where you're at this year, how does that affect your play calling or your decisions in the situation uh, with the confidence you have in defense to be able to get stops, whereas last year maybe the stops weren't coming? Yeah, I mean, certainly early on, like in the Notre Dame game, it was huge, you know, deciding to kind of, uh, push the ball inside the 10 yard line and play defense. Um, I, I think that that certainly uh, in those really tight games are going to play into it big time because uh, when you're getting those stops, then yeah, you play the field position game and that's okay. 
but again, it's not something we're used to, but that's um, that's just the way it goes. And so that's smart football. And the minute you start getting away from that, um, then you start getting arrogant. You put yourself at risk big time. You know, starting to think that you know that doesn't matter. It certainly does. We got to play the field position game. We got to play great defense, and we got to take care of the football. Right behind Cameron T. Robinson, the athletic. Right. When it comes to changing player positions, not specifically linebacker, but just in general, what do you? How's that conversation with some of those guys when it comes to moving up? Yeah, we uh, we don't really um, make the decision. Uh, we bring it up. Uh, like for instance, you know, with Cade Stover, it was his decision. Uh, Steel Chambers, it was his decision. Uh, we tell them what we see, what we think. But in the end, if you if you're forcing someone to change positions, it doesn't work. They have to want to do it. They have to embrace it because it's really hard, and they're going to fail over and over and over again. And the only way to um, make it is to be able to sustain over time through those failures and and be resilient. So uh, that's my experience with it. Why those guys have had so much success because it's something that they wanted to do, not something you guys forced them to do. I think so. Yeah, I mean, to take Chip for example. I mean, we recruited him like crazy as a linebacker here, and he wanted to play running back in college. And we said, okay, uh, no problem. We love you. I mean, love them. Uh, but he decided to go to Arizona State, and then realized he wanted to play linebacker and came back. And now he's really embracing that role. And I think you're going to see his career take off. Uh, back ball, uh, Jeremy Birmingham, rivals. All right, now that we're a little bit over a year into NIL, would you say it's a net positive or a net negative for the sport? And can you just dive into in a, in a world of sort of lawless right now, how challenging it is to stay within lines that are almost invisible? Yeah, I I, I think it's such a uh, – it's not a black and white answer, you know, positive or negative, because um, while the idea of it is definitely a positive and there's a lot of people who are benefiting from that, certainly our players are benefiting from it, and it's, it's excellent and they deserve it. Um, just it's, it's hard because there's a lot of hard feelings because there's a lot of gray area. In terms of you know what's allowed, what isn't allowed, uh, inducement, those type of things. So uh, until we wrap our minds around that and, and get some really concrete rules on how we want to move forward with this, on what is allowed and what isn't, um, you know, college football is a multi-billion-dollar business. And you know when you don't have the guardrails in line, or uh, you know for these types of things, then there's going to be hard feelings. And I think it's just important that we try to get our arms wrapped around that. Beyond that, you're, I think, a third of the way through what you hope is the full season of 15 games. Have you guys started to see new leaders emerge in the in the program? And the all-off-season was about the leadership committees and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Who, who stepped up or, or that you've seen is elevated? You have three captains that really can't play. So I'm just yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I've, I've really felt Ronnie Hickman out there big time. Um, I think his leadership's been excellent. Uh, with the guys up front, I mean, you're seeing Luke, you're feeling Luke when he's out there. I think Juan Jones has been a pleasant surprise just in terms of his day-to-day positivity out there. I'm uh, just feeling him out there. Uh, certainly you guys know about Cade and CJ and those guys uh, at the receiver position. Uh, you know, I think Omeka is, is an excellent leader. I think Julian's shown leadership um, on defense. Yeah, certainly Tommy is outstanding there. Zach Harrison's had a really good voice. Um, who else in the back end there? Um, I'd say those are the guys that kind of jump. I'm going to forget somebody, but... Uh, oh, Xavier Johnson has been excellent, <clears throat> really. Just overall, his leadership's been been tremendous. Uh, certainly the captains have been great. Uh, but when you go on the road for your first road game, leadership is critically important. And so our, our leadership will be challenged this week. Uh, deep left, Brendan Gould, Buckeyes now in Sports Illustrated. 
Coach, just um, curious as you've watched the last couple of games on film beyond stats, how do you evaluate the way CJ's played? Uh, you just take it, you know, play by play and, um, you know, grade what you see on film. And um, there's been some really good things and, and obviously some things that he's got to improve on. But that's that's everybody in the on the, uh, the entire program. But um, there's been some really good play there. As it, as it relates to Michigan State, it seems like one area they really excel right now is actually in their punt game. Got the number one punter in the country. I know they haven't turned those you know, field possessions necessarily into wins, but how do you uh, approach a week of preparation? You're going against a team that can flip the field the way they do. Yeah, we have to. Well, we talked about it today in our staff meeting. You know what the objectives are in special teams, and that came up in the meeting. They do a great job in that area. So um, you know, that's an area we got to win. We got to win the kicking game. It's part of our plan to win. And, um, you know, part of it is going to be certainly, you know, making sure that we're aware of all the fakes and different things that may come up in a game like this is, you know, teams typically will try to steal possessions. You know, that's that's part of the, the plan. Um, you know, a lot of times we see. So we have to be on on edge there. But then we've got to do a good job of, of uh, trying to be aggressive and going after some punts. And at the same time, you know, when it's time to return them, you know, we got to do a good job of holding them up so that, um, you know, when a punter, you know, can really do a great job with punting the ball with hang time and, and you know, down the field, you got to hold guys up in order to get a return. And we have good returners. So, um, you know, we'd like to get some some yards back on that area so that, um, you know, we don't feel like we're going uphill all day. Just real quick, Emeka, last week, I mean, it, it was an awful windy day. When you evaluated the, the fumble, is that kind of how you saw that? The, the wind might have... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's not good when you, when you turn the ball over, you know, the first punt of the game. And, um, you know, he's been reliable for us. You know, he'll continue to be reliable for us. But... I know he wish he had that playback. I mean, nobody wanted to play them, make the play more than Emeka Abuka. Um, nobody carries more than him. So, um, you know, he'll he'll take a look at it and try to figure out how maybe he could uh, work on that a little better. We'll get some um, punts up there on windy days and keep working through it. But uh, we all have we have all the confidence in the world that he'll he'll catch the ball when it's in the air. Right in front of him, Mark Snyder, Press Bros. Yeah, Coach. Uh, five straight games at home, and you've had a lot of people cheering for you. Now you're going to. People are going to tell how much they hate you. Right. And, and all teams being different than the Rose Bowl team and, and this team, what are you looking for from these guys? Because you, know, you get, you go up there, you play the game, you come back down. I mean, that's that's like a, that could be pretty stressful for a young player, a young team. So, uh, what are you looking for from this team? Yeah, I think the first thing is composure and focus when you go on the road. Um, you know, you have to you have to do a great job with leadership. You know, the older guys who have been through this before have got to lead the way because, like you said, if you haven't been through that before, it's hard to um, simulate going into, you know, hostile environment like we're about to do. So um, the leadership and the older guys got to lead the way. And uh, we got to show composure and focus and uh, obviously play hard. You know, we, that, that goes without saying. But, you know, there, there can be a lot more distractions when you're on the road. So uh, term, in terms of, you know, when you're at the game. Now, the good thing is when you're traveling together, there's less distractions in terms of all the outside stuff. You know, you're kind of on the bus and you head up on the plane. You're at the hotel together. There's not all family members, just different things in the area that may be a distraction. So that part's good. But I think those are the areas that we'll focus on. When a team, any of the teams that you've been an assistant on or the head coach with, any team that in like maybe the first or second road game where you were coming back home and going, wow, this team's really changed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you can learn a lot from being on the road. Absolutely. Yeah. Any game in particular? Not, you know, not offhand, just here uh, as we talk about it. No. But I know what you're talking about. I, I, I mean, um, I'm aware of what you're saying. You know, you can really mature and grow as a team when you're on the road. 
and, and go get a conference win on the road. It can mean a lot. So uh, I don't really have a, an example offhand, but certainly I agree with what you're saying. Right in front of him, Jacob Bench, the lantern. Yeah, hey Ryan, just going back to, you mentioned the distractions and the NIL and all things like that. We've crossed the Power 5, a couple of different programs and parted ways with their head coach already this early into a season. Just from your standpoint as a head coach, how difficult is it to keep up with all the extra, you know, things going on in season aside from just winning the game on Saturday? Yeah, it's, it's a big challenge, but um, but you know that, you, you know, and, um, you know, you know what comes with it. It doesn't make it easier, but, but that's why you have to hire great people that you can rely on and, um, you do all the all the work in the off season, you know, to get to these moments here. Um, but to say it's easy, you know, that, that's, that's not true. It is. It's a challenge. But but that's what we signed up for, and that's that's the way we want it. Yeah, you mentioned uh, hiring great people, leaning on others. Just who from from Ohio State kind of helps out with that kind of stuff? Who do you lean on? What sort of advice do you seek? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, everyone. Um, you know, it just depends on where you're talking. You know, when you talk about the team and you talk about you know the strength and condition area, Mick Marotti is a huge. Um, you know, person I go to all the time. Um, in the recruiting area, certainly it's Mark. When it comes to operations, it's Quinn Temple and, and Brian Boltellini. When it comes to the, you know, the, the obviously the football stuff, it's it's the entire staff. The coordinators starts with those guys. Um, you know, just day to day stuff. You know, Keenan Bailey is a huge help for me. Um, and there's just a lot of people here that that you have to lean on. Everybody has their certain area that they got to be really good at, and if they don't, they kind of stick out. You know, uh, Kayla Olson's got to be the best nutritionist in the country. I mean, just the work she puts in for these guys and how she helps these guys on a day-to-day basis and the hours she puts in, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, and so there's there, we have our player development um, with Tony, Candice, and CJ. You know, there, there's so many people around here that have to be on their game all, all the time. And if they're not, then, then something falls apart, and we can't have that. And I think everyone embraces that, and we talk about what that means, especially in the offseason and – Everyone's got to hold up their end of the bargain. Front row right, Austin Ward, Rivals, 97.1, the fan. Right. Cam Brown's had to go through these recovery processes several times. I'm sure he was hoping he was going to be done with that this year. How has he handled this one, uh, this latest setback? What's been the frustration or the mindset for him as he tries to get back out there? Yeah, he's been uh, he's been itching to get back out there. He's, he's been... He's been stressing to get back out there. I mean, um, I, I've felt an urgency about him for the last you know week that he's dying to get back on the field. So um, you know he's gonna you know we're gonna obviously make sure that he's he was where he need to be, needs to be and gonna trust the doctors and all the medical people. But I mean, he's trying really hard to get back on the field, and um, I don't think anybody's more frustrated than he is. So um, hopefully, this is a great week of work, and we can get him back on the field this week. Outside of he was playing well early on. We've seen Denzel struggle a little bit, and you've had the injuries with Jordan. Like, what has it been like to manage that whole unit? I know it hasn't worked the way that you or Tim probably or Jim imagined for this first month plus. Yeah, well, we, you know, we haven't really had that that um, that whole unit at full strength. And um, you, know, you think about you know not, not having Jackson and a few different guys. You know, we haven't been at full strength. But when you look at most teams across the country, most of them aren't anyways. So that's part of the game. And so you have to adapt, and that's where some of the young guys got to step up. And, and to the young guys' credit, in that in that room, you know, J.K. and Jair had to step up, and so that's good. That's building some depth moving forward. But like you said, you know, we can get Cam back this week, and hopefully Jordan in a couple of weeks, and and Denzel, you know, coming off of that hand, you know, I don't think he's got a game under his belt. So hopefully, you know, he'll take the next step this week. But uh, but it, that's part of it. You know, we were missing a couple guys like Cam and and Lathan for a game. You know, and so some different guys have had to step up and. So that, that part has been good. Some guys would, you know, has played, have, we've played some depth here. Um, but, you know, ideally, yeah, we'd love everybody healthy. Uh, second row left, Stephen Means, Cleveland.com. 
One more follow up on the punt return. I know he muffed that one, but he's had a couple this year where he's had to basically catch it over his shoulder. Uh, has there been conversations about maybe just moving him back so it's not even this year? The, the tough thing about moving him back is on, on that field, because it's not grass, when it bounces and rolls, it rolls forever. So it can cost you 30, 40 yards. So trying to find that sweet spot in there is difficult. And the funny thing in the stadium is if you looked up at the um, the flags, it was blowing south. I believe, and went down in the field, it was going the other way, and then all of a sudden it would it would just it would turn on the field. It's so it swirls down there. So sometimes to try to get an idea of where that wind is taking the ball or holding the ball up is a little bit of a challenge. We try to do the best we can out there, um, but there's a little bit of a feel to it. And you know, he obviously that one got us, but he's also done a good job of making sure he catches those because you know if, if you go too far back and it takes that big hop and rolls thirty yards, that, that's three first downs. So we try to find that spot in there, and um, sometimes we do better than others. Just with Marvin, I mean, kind of got out to a hot start his first couple of games here, and then has he maybe missed Jackson the most of the receiver just because it seems like he's the one getting double teamed and having the extra guys on him over the top now? Um, I don't know if I don't know if he's getting double teamed. You know, I don't. I don't. I think um, I think he's doing great. I think when he's had his opportunities, made plays. You know, I think um, you know there was a couple holding calls on him the other night. You know, and. Maybe if those don't happen, there's a few more catches and, and things like that. And just the way it's played out this year, we haven't had as many plays um, in a couple of the these past couple of games. You know, when you look at the numbers, you say, oh, they're a little down. But they haven't really played in the fourth quarter, you know, or really even at the end of the third quarter. So that's only a game and a half. Um, or, excuse me, like, you know, a half and then maybe like another eight to ten minutes. So um, that's a lot of football that some of the guys are missing. So, no, I, I see him playing at a high level right now. Um, he works as hard as anybody, and, um, you know, certainly will be good to get Jackson back. There's no question. But, but no, we're, we're happy with his play. Right next door, Nathan Barrett, Cleveland.com. Just to clarify real quick, you say Cam Rapp could play this week. You think yes. Possibly he's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, with Jackson, you characterized him as sort of day-to-day last week. Does he fall into the same kind of Jordan Hancock category for a game no. like this when you've got the no. bye week coming up? No, we're, we're, we're hoping to get him back this weekend, you know. But, again, it's just so hard to tell. You know, we can come in today and say, well, he had a little bit of a setback. Or, no, he's really doing good and he's trending to play on Saturday. So, um, when I say day-to-day, that's kind of how it is. Um, and, you know, with the style of injury that he has, it can kind of go that way. It can linger or it can get better quick. So, um, we're hoping that it, it's the uh, latter of the two. You mentioned a couple times today, and you were talking about last week, about taking what a defense gives you, being more willing to just run the ball, maybe in the past when you weren't so much. But you've also got a Heisman Trophy finalist quarterback. You've got first-round NFL receivers. So how are you finding, I guess, that balance just as a play caller? Because don't you want to still be the one dictating things offensively and pushing that action? And um, how do you reconcile that? Yeah, we just every, – every drive we're trying to score touchdowns. And whatever it takes on that drive, we'll do. Um, every drive's a little bit different. Um, and so, again, if they're going to sit in a too high look and we're probably going to run the ball, if, if they're, you know, taking a safety out of the, out of the sky and putting them down in the box, that opens up some one-on-ones on the outside. And it's not as simple and as easy as that, but philosophically, that's, that's what we're talking about. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll just try to find that balance. And, um, you know, we, we, the, other, the other thing that happened uh, after looking back on the film was we had a short field a few times too. So some of those drives, you know, they only had to go about 50 yards to score. So when you look at the numbers at the end of the, you know, the stat sheet, it looked a little light. And um, but I think that was just unique to the game. Are you, are you seeing or feeling a shift 
as far as just how defenses in general are, are approaching you or things you're seeing across college football, the defenses are maybe trying to take that away more and playing back more? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think that the defenses have really done a great job this year. I don't know what the numbers are across the country, but um, just at first glance, it seems like the numbers seem to be down a little bit. I don't, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I feel like, you know, the, the scores and, and stuff are, seem to be down a little bit, but maybe that's just, um, maybe that's not accurate, but I, I just feel like defense are doing a good job uh, across the country. Got time for a few more. Front row, uh, Joan Compton, Columbus Dispatch. Ryan, looking, looking back on Denzel's return against Rutgers on Saturday, what what did you make of it? What's what, what in, in general for for the season that he's had? He's had some, some maybe more ups and downs than he had last year. What do you think's kind of like contributed to that? I think you know he, in terms of you know his his movement and you know working through that hand. I give him a lot of credit for having that procedure done and getting back on the field um, so quickly. Uh, goes to show you how tough he is. Um, and and he's been right there for a lot of these plays. He just hasn't quite finished them. And so that's an area that he's got to work on. But the good news is he's right there and. Uh, so, you know, we believe in it and, you know, Tim's going to drill the heck out of it this week. And, um, but, uh, but, you know, his, his footwork and the way he's moving is all really good and his cover ability is really still strong. He's just got to finish at the point of attack. And I know he, he, he understands that and he's going to work on that this week. He's such a confident guy. And, and last year to have a big freshman year to come here and contribute right away. And he was creating coverage against a lot of the best receivers facing the Big Ten. What's this year been like for him personally, just kind of dealing with some of that? Yeah, you'd have to ask him. You know, I don't, I don't know. But, um, we certainly believe in them. Uh, right next door, Tim May. Uh, Tim May podcast and on three. Yeah. Little Monroe, whatever. Hey, uh, Ryan, uh, you look around the country. Paul Chris just got canned on Sunday. Uh, you know, guys, how does that heighten just uh, your awareness of win now, baby? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, mean, I do. I, I know you don't need any more burden no. than you or whatever, no. but it, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? It is. Uh, it is. But, um, but it, that's. I don't think it's anything more or less. I mean, I, I feel that every day when I wake up. It's just, you know, uh, we got to win them all. So um, that's just – and that's that's not always easy to live that way, but it's just the way it is. And so we've embraced that, and that's that's how it goes. But it is a tough profession. Yeah, I'm not trying to get you to brag on your offense, but I, I will ask this. I mean, uh, Rutgers was bound to determine y'all weren't going to run the ball Saturday, you know, and then they played the two houses. You know, and y'all kept picking at that lock, and you, you opened the lock, and – I mean, do you just feel like you're you're working right now with just a full complement when it comes to offense of finding answers? And I don't know what what is that feeling like? I guess. Yeah. No. I, I mean, uh, no. I don't think we're, we're anywhere near there. Um, I, I do think we have had some balance and we, we've done some good things. Don't get me wrong, but no, I, I don't. I don't. There's still a lot of issues, um, and the whole key is to identify the issues and get them fixed. Even though maybe uh, against a certain team, you can get away with some things. So. Um, you know, as the company, as the as the film continues to grow, as um, you know, we get into these conference games, we get into some of these matchup games. It's going to get harder and harder. So, um, you know, we got to go out there and have a great week of practice. We got to get some things fixed. We got to keep growing in the passing game, the running game, the play action, the drop back, the the power run game, the spread run game. There's just so many things that we need to improve on. So, um, so no, I. I, I I don't think we're there right now, um, but we have had some good bright spots, though, for sure. Well, quickie, Donovan Jackson, uh, when you watch him on video now, what, what just stands out about the way he is playing? Um, I, you know, he's very talented, but he's also very intelligent. Uh, he's tough, um, you know, just in terms of his ability to bend and the power that he has. I mean, he kind of has a lot of those um, skills, and he has a lot of tools there. But, but I think what probably makes him special is just his mental makeup.
Columbus Dispatch. This kind of builds on that. Um, you you guys uh, have not been challenged other than Notre Dame. I mean, almost every other team has had a close call. I mean, how happy are you with just how the season has gone so far? Uh, hard to tell, you know, just because every week is a week in pro. It's it's like a it's. Um, you know, a work in progress where we're trying to figure out every week what we need to improve on because we know that we're down this path and we have to continue to build to, um, you know, reach our goals. So, you know, each week you try to identify the things you've done well and enhance them. You try to identify the things you got to improve on. Sometimes that's easier to do than others. You know, sometimes you got to really uh, scratch at it a little bit. And that's not always easy to do uh, when you win the way we've won the last couple of weeks. But um, you got to be honest and we all have to be accountable and critical and make sure that we're we're getting better in those areas because um you know it's important to continue to get better um i don't know how else to say it you know and i assume you're quite pleased with jim Knowles and the defense what has stood out to you about how different this is and maybe you probably figure first year coordinator there are going to be some bumps in the road right. um how is that going well i think that they um they play with great confidence and to me, that's the most thing, most important thing is that they're playing with pad level. They're playing fast. They're playing with confidence. Um, and, you know, the scheme is great. I think they believe in the scheme, which is there's good answers. But at the same time, it's to me, it's the energy. It's the pad level. It's the fundamentals. It's we I mean, just look the way Tommy's playing. He's just playing a lot faster. The way Steele is playing, he's playing faster. The line's playing with a little bit more aggressiveness. So um, I think that's probably the number one thing. Um, again, still got a lot to improve on. But uh, but I like the way that they're playing their energy. Doug Yeah, Ryan, just to clarify, the way Tim asked that question about people getting fired, did, did you think Tim was putting you on the hot seat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. You said you wake up thinking about that. Like what? Like I have to be at my best every day. We can't lose a game. What? How do you really manifest that idea of, of doing your job? No, I, everything you just said is yes. That's exactly the way I wake up every day. Now, there's nothing you can do about that other than try to focus and be great right now. And um, you got to wake up running every day, you know, or someone's going to get you. So um, that's just the way it is. And I think our team understands that. I think that so far we've had that approach. Now, can we sustain it? That's the challenge. Um, you said the Wednesdays when you're in the offensive meeting room and you're coming up with red zone and short yardage. And yeah. all that, you, I think you used the word stressful. Um, isn't it fun too? Isn't it ball coaching? Like what's what's the, the there's stress in there and trying to be perfect, but also what's it like when you all the offensive guys are in there trying to make a plan? Don't you love that? Uh, the, the best part is when it, you execute and you put it on the field and it works in a game because you just think about all the work that's been done. And you can enjoy it after the game. That's the best feeling. Yeah, during during it, no, it's not. It's not always that fun because you know you, you know, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? What's the best angle? What's going to happen? Are they going to change the look? Is um, you know, is this guy going to win in this matchup? You know, there's just so many variables to come into play, and everybody has to do their part. And um, and then you have to have the right chemistry in there, where you know sometimes you can say too much. Sometimes you can say too little. You got to make decisions. You got to move on because the clock's ticking and uh, guys will be in here in meetings here at two 30 and we got to go. So, um, it's, it's a race against time to come up with a really good plan that schematically gives you an advantage, but also allows your players to play fast. And that's what we sh strive for and having enough, but not having too much. Your, how have you evolved in your offensive thinking 
in your time at Ohio State, first as a coordinator and now as a head coach, being in those rooms, being in the college game, and I know you were before, have you changed how you think about offense? Yeah, yeah. I think it's just being in those games and knowing this is what we're going to need um, and, and just looking at it and saying, well, we need like two more runs here uh, in this situation or we need one more play action pass here. or We, we got too much. Like, guys, we, we can't execute any of this stuff. And just trying to find that right balance. I think that's probably just over the years between Kevin and I, we've we've you know worked hard to strike that balance. Not that it's always perfect, but that's probably what we've learned the most. Last one real quick, just like even taking off your coaching hat real quick. You know, Jackson Smith and Jigba is one of the best players in college football. It just stinks that he's barely been able to play this year. Yeah. Are you just curious? Just to think everybody wants to see this guy play football. Yeah. Um, I, I think, that, like I said, there's a silver lining. But, yeah, no, nobody wants to get on the field more than Jackson. And um, and we all would love to see him on the field as well. And final question, over here to the right play, all the BSYX. A little bit what Doug touched on. You, you spoke of the burden. Do you feel like because I'm a young guy, I've been through the grind, I'll get to January and then I'll take a breath? Or do you dump the burden somewhere? Or do you just carry it? Um, I, I, I don't even know. I don't I don't really think about it like that. Um, I try to do the best I can when, when we, you know, we get away from it, you know, on a Thursday night to try to, um, you know, do something to think about something else. But usually what happens is we end up as a family watching football on TV on a Thursday night. So... <laughs> It's hard to get away from um, where my son comes home from his game, but uh, it's just kind of a way of life, and uh, and we love it. We embrace it, and I just think I think of you know five home games in a row with over a hundred thousand people in the stadium, just unbelievable crowd, and just seeing all the people at the skull session, you know, walking up to the game post game, just um, you know seeing the joy in their face, you know, after a win, and that's that's something we take you know a lot of pride in. But mental health is your cause. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to find a balance just like we all do. You know, it's just, you know, obviously mine's a little bit different, but everybody has their own challenges and, um, you know, mine's not harder than anybody else. It's just different. And, you know, I think we all have to find that balance. Yeah. Thank you very Thanks. much.